Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal Church in Madison, Mississippi. I hope you will join us on Sundays for worship at 7.30 a.m., 8.45 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5 p.m., with Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. I also invite you to connect with the chapel online at chapelofthecrossms.org. Again, thank you for downloading this sermon. We pray it will enrich your walk with Christ. God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts, bless us, direct us, and send us out. Living letters of the word. Amen. Please be seated. On Monday, July 22nd, 1776, a group of patriotic gentlemen, described by the historians as animated with love for their country, and eager to show their approbation of the measures lately taken by the Grand Council of America, gathered on the village green in Worcester, Massachusetts, where they displayed the colors of the 13 Confederate colonies and read aloud the newly penned Declaration of Independence. In response, the respectable body endorsed Mr. Jefferson's declaration with repeated huzzas, the firing of musketry and cannon, bonfires, and other demonstrations of joy, after which the crowd repaired to the tavern, where the frivolities continued with 24 separate toasts, including to the prosperity and perpetuity of the United States of America, His Excellency General George Washington, the free, that the freedom and independence of America endure until the sun grows dim with age and this earth returns to chaos, and, and this is my favorite, perpetual itching without the benefit of scratching to the enemies of America. <laughs> Historic documents report that the greatest decency and good order was observed, and at a suitable time each man returned to his respective home. This week, we will celebrate our country and the 242nd anniversary of that Declaration of Independence. And as the rowdy gentlemen of Worcester heard on their village green so many years ago, we too should listen to that hallowed document, especially the profound first line, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, and that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, my ramblings thus far might strike you as odd or even off-putting. Our founding fathers wisely separated church and state, and usually I attempt to keep my preaching to the realm of Scripture and the traditions of the church and how they apply to our daily lives, with occasional nods to collegiate athletics, my children, and my own episodes of buffoonery. 
And it is highly precarious to couple our calling as Americans with our calling as Christians. But as the fourth approaches, I have been reflecting on the ideals of that great declaration and how we in 2018 might hold in tension the tenets of our faith and the ideals of our country. As Christians, we too make a declaration, not of independence, but of covenant, of covenant with God. Our first covenant with God was after the great flood, when God set his bow in the clouds that never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. And since then, there have been multiple additional covenants with God during the Exodus with various prophets and kings down to Jesus himself, who on a Thursday night in an upper room gave his friends a cup of wine and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. And the amazing thing about covenants is, especially those that we remember in Scripture, is that we silly humans break them all the time. Read your Old Testament. You can't swing a dead cat without hitting someone breaking a covenant. And the even more amazing thing is that God is constantly forgiving and healing and re-covenanting with us. And just like a bone that is healed or a repair in grandma's quilt, the covenant is stronger after the break. And as Episcopalians, we make a covenant with God when we go to the font. Turn to page 304 in the Book of Common Prayer. Not now, perhaps some other time, maybe while Will is preaching. <laughs> And there you will find the baptismal covenant. The baptismal covenant is one of the best distillations of what it means to be Christian in our Episcopal tradition. It begins with three fairly easy questions. Who is God? Who is Jesus? Who is the Holy Spirit? And then it continues with five additional questions. Will you continue in the apostles' teaching and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in the prayers? Will you persevere in resisting evil and whenever you fall into sin, repent and return to the Lord? Will you proclaim by word and example the good news of God in Christ? Will you seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving your neighbor as yourself? And will you strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being? And the response to each of those questions is, I will with God's help. Not I will full stop, but I will with God's help. For we are all in need of God's help. And he generously gives it to us every day. Those last two questions of our baptismal covenant seem especially important these days. Will you seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving your neighbor as yourself? And will you strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being? Lionel Mitchell, an Episcopal priest and professor, wrote, 
Baptism is not a private religious activity without implications for life and the world. The baptismal covenant commits Christians to living out their baptism in their daily lives. As Christians living in the United States of America, the nation that we love and celebrate this week, how do we live out our baptism in our daily lives? How does our faith, our scriptures, our traditions and liturgies, our prayers and our baptism provide a lens through which we see the world. And when we look through that lens, how does the world change? When Thomas Jefferson wrote his declaration, his covenant with his fellow Americans, he declared that the old ways of tyranny and caste and colonialism were over, and a new way of liberty and justice should be the norm for humanity. For being an American, and being a Christian for that matter, both of these callings, and these great, these great callings not only ask us to look at the world differently, but they demand that we change the world, and change the world for the better. Sometimes these two callings might come into conflict, but when we shine, shine a light in the darkness, when we include everyone at the table, when we welcome the tired, the poor, the huddled masses yearning to be free, when we love our neighbor as ourself, we serve both of these noble callings. This 4th of July and every day, may we celebrate our nation and celebrate it well, perhaps even with huzzas and cannon and mini toasts in the tavern. And this day and every day, may we celebrate the call of God to seek justice and love mercy. Doing both isn't easy, but we can with God's help. Amen. <laughs>